Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Again, my name is Connor Bowserman, and I am the host, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. I first wanted to start this episode off by just saying thank you to all of the weekly listeners that come on and listen to this podcast. And I just wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I truly appreciate it. And this is why I'm doing this. So you guys can get some great information and pass this on to not only your friends and family, but also your kids. And that's really where this episode is going to be tailored to. And that's just for your kids and making sure that they grow up being money smart kids. And not only are we going to go over why you should do that, but how you can do it. So let's get started. As a parent, it's normal for us to teach our kids the normal stuff, right? How to teach them to have manners, how to put their shoes on and tie their laces, how to brush their teeth and why they need to brush their teeth, why they need to take baths. And one of the cores that, that we have as a parent too should be how to handle money. And you may be able to relate to this. Your parents may have done this, but oftentimes I see, especially as a financial advisor, that that's not being done. And not only is it not being done, but it should be being done at a very young age. And there's some significance to why you should do that. There's actually been quite a few studies that have been done over the years to help further prove why you need to do it. So there's the, the piggy bank primer, the effect of childhood savings on wealth, which was done by the University of Kansas in 2013. And this study found that children had savings accounts in their names during their early childhood were more likely to accumulate assets and have better financial well-being in adulthood. It emphasized the importance of early savings experiences and their long-term impact on financial outcomes. Another study was the financial socialization of low-income African-American children done by the University of Arizona in 2014. The study focused on financial socialization experiences of low-income African-American children. It revealed that children who received financial education and had access to savings accounts at a higher savings rate were more likely engaged in future financial planning. Another one, a parental influence on child's savings behavior by the University of Wisconsin-Madison in 2006. It found that children whose parents were good financial role models and provided opportunities for saving exhibited higher savings rates and better financial behaviors. And then the last one, the influence of parental attitudes and behaviors on child's consumption and savings, which was done by the University of Missouri in 2012. It revealed that children whose, whose parents actively engaged in discussions about money, savings, and budgeting were more likely to develop positive savings habits. So just like we teach our kids to do the normal things that as a parent we teach them, you know, how to brush their teeth and how to put on their shoes and how to use the bathroom and how to do all those normal things that a parent does, but handling money needs to be a part of that. And the studies have proved that. And just like we do those things early on with our kids, it's good to do that with money as well. And so what are some things that you can do, especially with younger kids that can probably not even count to 20 yet? is some things that we've done with my son who's who's three now we actually bought him a cash register and in there is kind of more like play money from like monopoly and that kind of stuff but we basically will have him do like little tasks that are 
more fun, just, you know, lighthearted. Hey, if you, for every second you scratch mom or dad's back, you get a dollar of the Monopoly money. And then with that money, then they can turn around and buy stuff in the house. You know, we have a little play kitchen, so maybe they're buying chicken and eggs and maybe they want to buy time to go watch right now my son's big on spidey so he's i want to go watch spidey so okay well if, in order for you to do that you need to work this job or do these different tasks to be able to earn money to do that so that's some easy ways that we are implementing you know not only how to save money but also be able to spend it in a healthy way too some other ways that are beneficial and, and ones that I really like is just having the simple piggy bank. And that can be up on the counter, whether that's just real piggy bank or it's, I like the more clear ones. So that way that they can see the money in there and they can see it continue to grow. And my son, I know he loves to just pop the top off. We'll dump out some of the change and then we just put the top back on and we just put the quarters and dimes and pennies back in. He loves that just and it's and actually will take up a bit of time so not only is he getting familiar with money i can pull out one and be like hey what is this and he'd be like yeah it's a dime he doesn't even know how to count to 12 let alone know what an actual dime is and what it stands for so just those little things are really beneficial and then as you get older or your kids get older morphing those piggy banks you know quote unquote into actual savings accounts that's something you can start early, early on with your kids. You know, that's something that we have done with our kids. And every time that we have birthdays or any special events where they're getting some extra money, we'll put a little bit in their piggy bank so that they see that. But then we're also taking that money and putting it in that savings account for them. Later on down the road, what we use it for, I don't know. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's some kind of special toy or vacation that's important to them. Those are all things that that they can kind of decide and that they can use that money for. But it's our job to, again, teach them to not only spend money in a responsible way, but also save it. And one of the best things that you can do as a parent is to lead by example. Our kids are like sponges, right? They are like a parakeet. They just repeat everything that you say. Well, they're watching all the ways that you spend and how you save money and the way that you use and view money too. And that's usually how that they view and use money. And studies have shown that as well. So making sure that you're spending money responsibly, it may seem like, hey, I'm just going into a gas station or I'm just, you know, going on a vacation or that kind of thing. Just be mindful of how you're using money and how you're spending it because your kids are watching. And I think it's important too, as parents, we work for what, 30 plus years in the workforce. So we can't be shy about making money. It's what we do, right? It's what we are. That's the time that we spend mostly away from our kids. So it needs to be upfront to them that, hey, this is why we make money. So that way we can afford and buy these things that we're doing for our families and it's a really good idea to, as they get older, obviously if they're really young, they're not going to comprehend or understand, but you can do some simple things like, hey, you can just ask them, hey, how much do you think our electric bill was this month? They might have no idea that there's a difference between summer months and winter months for an electric bill. And they might not understand, hey, if, it, if it's another one, one or two degrees cooler in your house, 
how much that can affect a bill over a month too. So just being upfront with your kids so that they understand and maybe they can even partake in that to say, hey, our electric bill was 200 bucks. That might sit them down and go, wow, that's a lot for me to spend $200 out on the town or to go you know, on a shopping spree. That's a lot of money. Making sure that you're talking to your kids about that and saying, hey, what if our bill was 150 instead of the 200 Well, that's $50 that I can give back to you guys as the family. We can go out to eat. We can go out to a movie. We can do some extra things because we're able to save some money. And so that they're partaking in that as well. And then one other thing that I would encourage you know, you to do with your kids is to let them make the mistakes early. We've all seen the kids that were pretty sheltered in school. And once they got out, they started making those mistakes that maybe some other kids made pretty early on, but they're making it as an adult. And you don't want that to be the same kind of thing with your kids, but with money. They get out of college, they really haven't made any big purchases yet, they haven't done any kind of financial planning. And what are they doing? They're going right out, they're spending money like crazy, they're buying that new car that they can't afford or shouldn't be buying when their car is perfectly fine. They're not investing in real tangible assets or assets that appreciate like homes or investments or that kind of thing. So just making sure that as they're young, we're teaching them and letting them make mistakes too, because that is important, especially long-term. Another great thing that you can do as a parent is helping your kids not only learn about investing, but also entrepreneurship as well. And one great way that we see even some of our clients and we encourage some of our clients to do is start to bring their kids into some of the meetings or even grandkids, especially if they have started a 529 account or an UPMA or some type of investment account for them to bring them into the financial planning picture and make them realize why they did what they did and to encourage them to see the vision for them and see the the vision for the investment. Because I think a lot of times you have this vision for your kids or your grandkids and they're investing this money and then once they become of age or they're maybe just graduating from a college or around that age and they're going, oh, well, I really need this money. Well, you just really haven't taught them to differentiate between a need and a want. And again, that goes back to, you know, helping your kids very early on. But if they can understand that, hey, we started this investment for you really early. Well, if you kept it going, you may not not ever have to invest money ever again to achieve retirement. Maybe it's now you don't have to do half of what you would have normally had to have done. So if you were normally having to do 10, 15% contributions, now you can afford to just do five because your your parents got you started so early. So those are some things that we encourage our clients to do is involve your kids in some type of way, even if you're just bringing them in and we're just showing them like a hypothetical or some type of illustration. You know, a hypothetical is like a going back in time for a mutual fund carrier and just saying, hey, what if we put in X amount of money in whatever mutual fund back 30 years ago, where would it be at today? And we can do the same thing with the S&P 500 or you know, multiple mutual funds, or if you can continue to contribute to mutual funds, what that would look like. And I think that's a really powerful tool to be able to show them the compounding of interest. So that would be 
kind of step one, you know, as you're getting your kids older, especially as they're getting closer to college and that type of mindset of they're looking at an investment into their education and, and their earning income. So making sure that they understand investments in a whole different realm as well. That would be something that we encourage our clients. And, and if that's something that you haven't even delved into, making sure that you're financially savvy as well. Now, another thing to look at is entrepreneurship. And I think this is really important for kids in their development is not only for making sure maybe what they want to go into when they're older, but just getting them out there and learning some different skills that that they're not going to learn maybe in a classroom. So for example, um, your kids are probably going to have some type of school trips or some things that are planned through athletics where they need to fundraise a certain amount of money. You are going to have a choice as a parent to either go with some of the fundraising activities that they're doing or, hey, this is X amount and this is what's going to cost and you can just pay it. Especially for parents who do make a good amount of money, it's going to be really tempting to want to do that. But making sure your kid is invested in that process, I think, is really important. And making sure that they're doing that fundraising. I know a lot of parents are like, oh, I'll just take the box into work and everybody from work will just buy candy bars. Well, you didn't really teach the kid anything. Yeah, I guess you didn't have to maybe write a check for that activity, but you really didn't teach your kid anything. So making sure that they go out and do those. I know as a kid, I can remember one, even back into the fourth grade, we had these big blue boxes of candy bars and different types of candies. And I put it on a wagon and I rode it around the neighborhood and I remembered what houses bought candy and what houses were rude, which ones weren't worth going back to. And once I sold the box, I got another one and I did the same thing, but I made sure to hit the really good houses and I was able to sell two boxes and more than pay for, I think, my trip, but also pay for another kid's. So I think that was really important for me, even at a very young age, like fourth grade. But I can also remember as kids, we wanted to do different activities. I think we wanted to buy like a, a boat down the road. And so we did a car wash or we did some different activities or we helped some lady down the road do some yard work to be able to pay for those kind of things. So those were some ways as a kid that we were able to get out and start learning entrepreneurship in a way that was maybe unconventional, but I think is really important. And then even that continued for me, at least into, into high school. I remember Men's Warehouse was doing some type of a deal where if you used a coupon that somebody had that you would earn credit. And after 10 people had used your coupon, you earned a free tux for uh, prom. And so of course I did that and got people to use my coupon and I was able to get a free tux for, for my prom, I think my senior year. So those were things that I did that I just took the initiative to do. But I think teaching your kids and, and making sure that they understand why they're doing these fundraising activities. And and then your job as a parent is to help them and aid them and, and make sure that they're being being able to accomplish that. Some easy ones too would be if you're doing pop sale drives or something like that, making sure that you're driving them to areas where not only it's safe for them to go ask door to door for pop cans, but making sure that you're going out and driving. You might be spending more in gas than what it's really going to really cost them than in, in pop can, but still helping your kid and making them understand that it does take 
work and it does take money to be able to accomplish and do these things uh, in their life. Another story that comes to mind, especially as I'm thinking about entrepreneurship and investing, is a client that his daughter was doing paper routes, uh, especially it was you know a number of years ago when that was a little bit more prominent, but she was doing a paper route and they were able to save money for years and years and he was just taking that money and kind of socking it away, but then looked at doing some investments and this was all before age 16 and they did kind of a projection out and she was going to be a multimillionaire by the time that she was retirement age just based on what she was able to put away very early on because she had that compound of interest in the number of years to allow that to happen. So I think that was just a cool story about not only entrepreneurship of going out and earning income and that type of deal, but then also turning that around and and putting it into an investment, which I think is really cool. Another one that I can think of too, you know, back into my high school days is I worked part-time for a restaurant being a busser, which obviously was not very fun. <laughs> and I was able to save up a good amount of money, especially throughout the summer. And when a lot of my friends were able to go on spring break and we went down to Mexico, we kind of went to a nicer resort, especially my senior year. And my mom just kind of told me, hey, I can't afford to send you. And it's not because I don't love you. It's just because I can't prioritize that right now. And But I'm willing to pay for half. And so I was able to pay for the other half of that vacation as a senior, which was really cool. And it was a good amount of money at that time. And I thought that that was something that I was proud of doing. And I think my mom was proud of it as well. And then another story that I can think of uh, as well, too, is I think especially it's important in your college years to save money over the summer. Because most of the time, that's really your prime time to be able to work, especially a full 40 hours or something like that. So what one thing that I was able to do was save as much as I could over the summer. And then I knew in my head, hey... I want around $250 each month to be able to just spend, go do things with my friends, go out to eat, be able to buy things that I needed for for athletics, which was usually shoes and, and gear and that kind of stuff. And so I knew how much I was going to need to be able to basically fund for the next, you know, eight, nine months while not really being able to earn money or very little money at that time. So that was something that I looked at doing is I saved that money over my college years and then I put those in envelopes of each month and I basically just put them in a lockbox. And so each month I kind of was being able to pay myself an income based on what I made during the summer. And then I even knew December is going to be a little bit more expensive where I'm going to have to buy gifts for you know family and then at that time it was Nicole and I were dating so I was gonna have to buy things for her and dates and that kind of stuff so making sure that I was planning for that kind of stuff early on was probably a little bit abnormal for most people they probably would have saved a little bit of money over the summer while also blowing it and then started the year in the first couple months and they're already out of money and I trust me as an RA I saw that a lot too that's something that you can do as a parent is even at a college age is explaining these things to them and making sure that they understand why they need to save as they get older and as they get out into the workforce and they're able to earn a real income, having things like emergency funds and savings and 
being able to save up for big purchases like houses and cars and that, all that great stuff will come naturally to them because they've already been doing that for years instead of, hey, I haven't really budgeted or done much of anything or barely worked any jobs, but now that I'm out of college, I'm working this big-time job and I'm making big-time money, at least it will feel like that way, then they're going to make the mistakes at that early age. And, and you wish that they would have known that years ago. And that's something that you can do as a parent, which I think is really cool. So that's all I have today. I felt like it was a little bit of rambling, but I know that there was some really good nuggets in there. And I hope you guys take those with you and and implement that not only as you're parenting your kids and being cognizant of, of money and making sure that they're being set up well for their future success uh, when it comes to managing their money. If you have any questions or if you want to get together and maybe do one of those hypotheticals or illustrations for your kids, please feel free to reach out. I would love to do that for you. Our number is 269-978-6000. My email is cbowserman at hirep.net if you feel like more comfortable doing it that way. But I hope to see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowserman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowserman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCOA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.